Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, and we are missing tags for today's show. If you didn't see on his Twitter, he has mono. It basically took the National Guard to get him to take even an hour off. And he and I talk about it often. Like, we just love our job so much. And I'm sure most people listening, like, know this is your dream job. And we don't take it for granted we, that we get to do what we get to do. Um, plus, I mean, working for Fantasy Pros is as good as it gets because the people are amazing. The platform's way larger than we deserve. And I just know Tags wants to be here for you guys and keep working his tail off to get you every last detail of information. Um, so if you have a chance, just pop on over to his Twitter. Wish him well at Mike Taglier NFL. By the way, I'm at Bobby Fantasy Pro. I'm sure it would make his week to hear from you all. We just love our listeners so much. So thank you guys for supporting us. And uh, please make sure to shoot Mike a message. He'd really appreciate it. So we've got our DFS show today, and I'll be joined by Christian Abenizio from Daily Fantasy Insider. But first, I want to remind you about the giveaway we have going on. One lucky listener is going to get a $100 gift card to fathead.com. They've got those awesome wall decals that are the size of AJ Green or Luke Keekley, or helmets, logos, whatever you want. With Christmas coming up, it's a good time to check out fathead.com and see what they have for you or for someone you love. And we've got a promo code for you if you do. If you enter Fantasy Pros at checkout, you get 10% off. Again, that's Fantasy Pros, all one word, for 10% off at fathead.com. And if you want a shot at the $100 gift card, just take 30 seconds and subscribe and drop us a review on iTunes. Then screenshot it and email it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. Okay, I'm now joined by Christian Abenizio of dailyfantasyinsider.com. Christian, the last time you were on, you talked us into a bet that involved booty shorts, and I've got to say, it didn't go too well for me, man. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Bobby. Thanks for having me on again, yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know, I, maybe you didn't want you know that's maybe that wasn't the best decision to bring me back. Yeah, well, you know, we're not going to do anything like that this time. Tags is gone, and he can't defend himself. But I'm still going to say it. He got lucky in that contest. He had like the first pick or something. I I had the worst. It was like a, a ten team league, and I think I had like the twelfth pick. So oh, that's he got really lucky. Otherwise, wouldn't have happened. But um, we're going to be covering FanDuel and DraftKings in today's episode. We'll go position by position, and I'd like to cover a little strategy before jumping to, right to the players. I think it helps to know exactly what you're shooting for when you're building your strategy. So, Christian, like, what is a winning score on FanDuel in cash game and GPP lineups? I mean, you know as well as anyone that it can vary week to week, uh, depending on how how high or low scoring the week is. Um, I mean, I'm looking to get around 150 to feel good about about where I am. I mean, sometimes that doesn't quite do it. Sometimes you know, 130 is cashing. So um, yeah, I, I would say if you're looking for just a general benchmark to you know a score that's going to get you some some dough, probably 150 is is what I'm looking for. Yeah, for for GPP, that's definitely. Um, right around 150 is, is right for cash games. I've seen it as low as 95. I've seen it as high as like 130. Since we have so many guys on, on buys this week, it's probably going to be closer to that 105, 110 range. I would, yeah, I would say with it thinned out a bit, you know, I, I would have to agree. That's probably, I mean, this is, this is just to be conservative. This is what you're shooting for. Yeah. Is, yeah. You know, if you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. And for GPP, like 150, man, that's a nice score. If we want to get like to the very tip top, because you know how the tournaments work, mm-hmm. like uh, only 20% of people cash in tournaments and those who do cash don't tend to make much money. But once you get to the tip top, like we're talking about turning $7 into 500000 So like what kind of score do you need for that? Like do we need to pass 200 Oh, for sure. I mean, well, I mean, again, it depends on the week. I would say, you know, the most of those big high scoring, uh, you know, especially those gigantic tournaments. You're going to see scores up in the 200, up to like 220 even sometimes. Uh, sometimes even higher. Um, you never know. 
Um, and because sometimes you get a situation where, especially if a couple of low, uh, low priced guys go off for three touchdowns, you know, you get a, you get a, a, like a Tyler Croft or something who can drop three tutties and all of a sudden, uh, you know, a four, a four K guy goes for 35 points and, and now you've really raised the bar. So yeah, super dependent week to week, but if you're trying, yeah, I mean, you, you got to get a lot of luck involved with getting those really, really high 200 plus scores. So we've got uh, $60,000 to spend on FanDuel. And, uh, you know, so if we're shooting for 150, that means we need to get like 2.5x. And what I say, what I mean when I'm saying uh, x is like 2.5 times their salary. So if a guy's $8,000, you need him to score 20 points. For a quarterback, I mean, that's not that much. It's like two touchdowns, 300 yards without an interception. And it might see, not seem like much, but like if you're trying to hit value on all nine players, it's really tough. So that's why we're not going to make risky picks for our cash games. And we'll get into that later. Um, for GPP, like what kind of guys are you shooting for? Well, I'm looking for guys that, you know, very low owned. Um, if you're really trying to hit the big money in those GPPs and you're looking for a guy with a floor um, you know, around that, that two times multiplier, but someone who go for six times value based on his price. So, you know, yeah. a guy this week that I really like in, in that kind of situation is Josh Jackson. So, you know, he's coming in at Love like it. three, six, maybe I want to say on DraftKings is, is yeah, three, nine on DraftKings. So this is a guy that needs 50, 60 yards maybe to, to hit value. And then, you know, to crush value if he grabs a, one of his, you know, signature long balls or, you know, any kind of touchdown. I mean, he, he's, he's busting out for, he's making up for, for quite a bit of um, value on the rest of your lineup. And we've seen worse players than Josh Doxon go for two touchdowns and 80 yards like Benny Fowler did it in week one. And if you have that guy in your lineup and he's $3,000 and he's owned in less than, you know, 0.5% of lineups, then uh, then you're sitting pretty like you basically can't win a tournament unless you have that guy. So you've got to take some chances. Now, I think Doxon's a great play for cash games and for GPP. But a lot of times, like you'll look at these winning GPP lineups. And if you saw these lineups before the contest, you'd probably gag. And that's what your tournament lineup might look like. Like it might make you sick to your stomach looking at it. Just like there's no way this can win. But you've got to take some contrarian plays because if you don't like you, you can't win the big bucks, and it could be life changing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all relative. Like when you look at those lineups that have won the million, you know, the millionaire, and all those big, big contests. It's it's these lineups with you know three percent owned guys across the board. So, and that's not something yeah. that is easy to do with a normal bankroll. You know, so you you have to. There's an element. Well, I mean, there's a humongous element of luck in winning those giant tournaments. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, you can look and see a trend in the strategies that play out in those winning lineups. And, and you get a lot of those really, really low-owned guys who happen to pop off. And that's just kind of seems to be like the, the recipe there. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, if they're just playing tournament, one tournament or two tournament lineups, like they don't want to waste their money. So they're like, well, I'm just going to play it safe. Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, Tom Brady you know, and then I'll plug it in with target guys. Like that doesn't tend to cut. I mean, it would have worked last week with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, sometimes the guys who are 40% owned are in the, in the winning lineups, but you know, a lot of times they see guys like you mentioned, Tyler Croft, uh, Benny Fowler, um, even Jared Goff in week one, I remember. So it's really interesting. And one, one more thing I want to say before we move on for cash games, I heard someone say something profound and it wasn't like, it's really simple. I've stuck to it ever since. 
For cash games, just play the smartest lineup. Don't get cute. Don't worry about ownership percentages. Just build the best lineup. And if you can't say that's the smartest lineup I can build before you submit it, then rethink things and do it again before you flush money down the toilet. Because in cash games, like it really just comes down to who builds the smartest lineup and it tends to work out much more often than not. Oh, for sure. I mean, when when people try and get cute with ownership in cash games, that's when they start losing. That's when they start hemorrhaging. It's just, you know, you try and worry about, well, who's going to be 40% and who's going to be 25% owned. And that discrepancy in cash games is not big enough to worry about. Like, you just need to make sure that each one of your plays is optimal and you're trying to hit those multipliers and you're trying to max out your salary. Yeah, and you want to go for consistent guys too. Like Dak Prescott exactly. every single week gets 17 plus. Whereas, you know, you've got guys who are averaging 18 points per game, but a lot of times like they'll go for six points, like Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously mm-hmm. he hasn't done it this season, but, you know, you can't use guys like that in your cash game lineups. And it does take... uh you know, a lot of research. That's why we're here is to talk to you guys about that. But, you know, the more that you you look into it and prepare yourself for cash games, the better off you are. Okay, Christian, so let's get on to the slate. Uh, on FanDuel, we've got 10 games to work with since the Thursday night game's out, the Sunday morning game in London, and the Monday night game are all missing, plus all the buys. And on DraftKings, we don't even get the Sunday night game. So it's just 18 teams to choose from. And I'll tell you what, Christian, I'm not too excited about my lineup because of all the limited options. Well, I think the one thing that is interesting about this week with all these buys, there's not there's not any overwhelming chalk. Um, it doesn't seem like yeah, uh, which is which is interesting because it allows you to make those smart plays and and not worry so much about you know. I mean, it's just an extension of what I was saying about you don't need to differentiate yourself with ownership, so you don't need to worry about picking a guy that's going to be seventy percent owned across the main slate because there aren't any or at least there shouldn't be any this week so it it depends on how you look at it i think it can be good in in certain circumstances i personally kind of like it this way but the the buys do make it really weird you know for cash games i kind of like to look at ownership percentages not to like play the contrarian but because ownership percentages tend to tell you well, it does tell you exactly what people are willing to spend their money on. And if they're willing to spend, if 50% of people are willing to spend their money on Le'Veon Bell, well, it probably makes sense to spend up on Le'Veon Bell. So I, I kind of like that. Like if you look at our lineup optimizer, typically it's going to be in line with what the high ownership guys are, because uh, those are the players that tend to make the most sense for cash games. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's a direct correlation between ownership and like smart plays. Like that's why ownership exists. So if you want to get it, especially if you're, you know, you're opening up the slate for the first time, you're trying to get a good feel for it. You, you might as well start by looking at the ownership and it's great when you can dig a little deeper and then deviate from that a little bit, but you know, you, you don't have to get, get too cute, especially for cash. Our ownership this week, Christian tells us that Carson Wentz is going to be the highest owned player on the main slate, uh, at least for FanDuel. Is that the guy that you most want in your cash game lineups? You know, as a huge Eagles fan, I would love to say yes. I mean, I, I, Carson Wentz is the truth. Um, but He's awesome, man. He, he is absolutely amazing. I love watching him. I love having him on the Eagles. I, I got to say no, though. Um, Me too. And, and, and I, I think that because, I mean, it's, it's a decent cash stack is that Eagle stack. Um, I think we've begun to maybe parse out a little bit of, you know, which receivers in that offense are going to get the ball more often. It, it, it's a very, it has been a very spread offense, but we've started to see some trends over the past couple of weeks. So those things are all good. The bad thing is the matchup is almost too good. I mean, you, you look at San Fran and, what has happened to San Fran in the past couple of weeks, you, you can't imagine 
Carson throwing for another four or five touchdowns this week. You know, it, it doesn't. Well, they're going to be up two touchdowns. Sense. Like, how much are you going to throw in the second? Exactly. Half? I mean, this is the kind of game that you can very easily see um, the Eagles try and run the ball in. So now, now Wendell Smallwood's coming back. He, he's getting healthier and healthier each week. You still have Legarrett Blunt. This is the kind of game that they could just pound the rock after a big performance from Carson in the passing offense. And, you know, this, you know, the, the San Fran passing defense, their secondary, they're going to have to respect Carson and, and his squad. So it's a great yeah. opportunity for them to run the ball. And with, a, you know, against a weak, weak run defense like San Fran, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. As bad as they are against the pass, they might actually be worse against the run. And, you yeah. know, I, I do love the Eagles running game this week, um, but not enough to use either player in cash because, like, who's going to get the carries? Blunt's mm-hmm. looked really good, but now that Smallwood's back, he's getting more work and he's going to get all the work in the passing game. So I think it's going to be more of a split. Maybe one of them, probably Smallwood, if anyone goes for a long touchdown or two, and he could be real nice for GPP. But um, I do like Carson Wentz. Like he's probably my third favorite quarterback for cash games this week. Um, my number one guy, however, is Philip Rivers. It's not necessarily that, um, you know, Philip Rivers is a world beater or anything. You look at what he's done this year and it's not the most impressive, but he's the 17th most expensive quarterback and he's projected for the ninth most points. It's because he plays the easiest pass defense in the league. New England's given up 24 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and Philip Rivers is going for 17 per game. That includes two games against Denver, one game against Miami, who's had a really good pass defense and he throws a ton of passes. So I think that continues 30, 40, maybe 45 passes in this game for Rivers as they're trying to come back. And if they can keep it close, he could go nuts. But I think he's a really safe play at 7,500. I, I agree. I like Rivers a lot. I do like him more than once. I think I, I would have to agree with you. I think once is down there on my three or four for cash games. He's a great option, just not my favorite. I guess my my only thing that I that I'm concerned about with Rivers is is the Pats defense. So I mean, it's been it was atrocious weeks one through five or one through six. And then last week, it wasn't quite so bad. And so, yeah. you know, you have to wonder, the thing that I'm always very cautious about in cash games is um, when I'm targeting a specific matchup is, is the coaching staff changing something that, that is, it, so it's not just a freak outlier of a week, you know, have the Pats gotten their stuff together on defense? And that remains to be seen. Like, it looks like they did from last week. That's a one-game sample size, so I'm not going all in on that, but it's possible. So then that makes That's me a, good point. a little bit standoffish from that because there's no way to really see how stuff with the coaching staffs is going to pan out until it actually does. So that's, you know, especially for cash games, when I'm looking to find the safest option, that's the one thing that I'm kind of concerned about because there's absolutely no way to predict that unless you see some kind of reports coming out of the organization itself. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And by the way, Dante Hightower is uh, now out for the season with pectoral muscle for the Patriots. Yeah. I would argue he's probably their best defensive player too. It it's a huge blow for them. I mean, it, it and it it really it strengthens the argument for that matchup for sure. Yeah, um, and he's, it, he's it doesn't exactly help player. the passing game. It's more against the running game and everything, but he does get after the quarterback some. So yeah, just I mean, throwing it, it out there. Definitely a threat with the pass rush for sure. Um, so yeah, and overall, when you lose a guy like Hightower, it can affect the whole way that the defense runs. So um, you know, it, it depends. Those a lot of those guys are involved with with uh, you know calling you know changing the defensive schemes on the field and stuff like that. So again, yeah. those are the kind of things that. The fantasy nerds like us, we can't predict that. 
We just don't know how that's going to shake out. So who are your uh, main one or two guys in cash games that you're looking at? My favorite cash game stack, which starts with my favorite cash game quarterback, is is the Bengals. Okay. Um, and I think you know Andy Dalton is is the definition of safe this week. Yeah. You can pair him with a lot of good options. AJ Green, Tyler Croft, those guys are really really good options. And you know the matchup, the Colts get a lot of crap, but their run defense is actually kind of above average low You're key. Right. <laughs> and so like I'm I'm actually okay with this kind of I mean I don't want to call it a funnel defense cuz that would suggest that they have a good defense in some way which I'm not like I don't know. But um I, I definitely like this matchup against one of the worst pass defenses in the league you know with paired with a a, a fine run defense. This isn't the kind of game yeah. that you would expect. You know, I think there's a lot of hype around Joe Mixon this week which is okay. Like I'm okay with that because he's so cheap. Um, but overall, I like the passing game options more. I think you can get uh, a lot of usage out of Andy Dalton paired with AJ Green and Tyler Croft. You can get a lot of their market share there with only a couple players, which is just ideal for cash. I think it's a great call. Andy Dalton's my number two in DraftKings. He's my number four on FanDuel. I think he's a really safe play. I mean, just look at what Blake Bortles did to Indianapolis last week. And that tells you everything that you need to know. Exactly. Um, yeah, and Andy Dalton is a, is a very good play for cash games. What do you think about Kirk Cousins against Dallas? I, he's on my radar too. Yeah, Kirk, I mean, this is, you're talking about a game that I th- I think the last time I checked it was was the highest projected over-under on the slate. Um, it, 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 it's shaping up to be a shootout and cousins always finds ways to make fan. Like he, he always produces fantasy points, even when it doesn't even seem like he has good options. Like he, is it, it almost feels like the Redskins haven't really been figured out on, uh, you know, with their wide receiver core and stuff throughout the whole year, but somehow he's still putting up numbers and, and you could see it last week. Like there was no, I mean, Jordan Reed cut a couple of touchdowns and stuff, but you're still spreading the ball out to Vernon Davis, J- Jameson Crowder, yeah. you know, Doxson. So there's a lot of really weird options. I mean, Terrell Pryor is non-existent, but so I would say the rest of the offense is is in a weird, weird limbo. But Kirk is just Kirk's constant in my eyes. So I like him too. I think he's if there was a good quarterback to play as a one-off, it would be Kirk. Yeah, yeah, and you know. Uh... I also like Dak Prescott virtually every week in cash games, but Josh Norman says he's probably going to play. He really wants to go up against Des Bryant, and uh, that doesn't exactly bode well for Dak Prescott. So he was on my radar, but when I saw the Josh Norman news, I would just say, no, forget Dak Prescott. Tom Brady against the Chargers. I mean, Brady's great, but um, the Chargers have a good pass defense. The spread is really high, so maybe he doesn't throw more than 30 passes in a game. So I think we named the players to really consider there. Uh, Andy Dalton, Phillip Rivers, Kirk Cousins was there are there any like super cheap plays that you would play this week um I mean my super cheap play is just Andy Dalton <laughs> yeah 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 he is I mean, really cheap I mean he's he's virtually as che- he's cheaper than Case Keenum uh he's as cheap yeah. as uh as Josh McCown Jacoby Brissett uh, that's, that's yeah a great that, that's I, especially you know for cash games I mean you, you can start talking about some cheap guys for GPPs and stuff but like that's Andy Dalton's a great value for how safe he is for cash. Like, considering his price tag, oh my gosh, I love him. And what are you going to do? Like, in cash games, go down and get Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, who might throw less than 10 passes again, or Deshaun Kaiser, who yeah, I mean, has been yanked twice in the middle of games? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And against one of the best defenses. I mean, come on, like, give me a break. Yeah. So there's just, 
you're exposing yourself to way too much risk if you dig any deeper than Andy Dalton or Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Okay, now for GPP at quarterback, is there someone who stands out to you? Well, for me, it's Russell Wilson. I, I basically say Russell Wilson here every single week because Russell Wilson has put up huge games against really good defenses and mediocre defenses and bad defenses. It's just what Russell Wilson does every once in a while, two or three times a season. He's the top quarterback on the slate, and you don't see it coming. And he's like 4% owned, and somebody gets a big-time winner. So I love Russell Wilson this week, 6,500, even against Houston. I, I got to agree. I like Russ, too. Um, Russ is, a, is an interesting play just I mean, basically just because the Seattle offense is so weird. But, you know, this week against Houston, somehow, I mean, I guess it makes sense with when you watch how he plays, but, but Russell's really good against blitzes. And so are his play, like, so are his best options. Like, Doug Baldwin is a great receiver when his team is blitzed, yeah. which is almost counterintuitive, but... Somehow he's put up monster numbers when they blitz, and now you have Houston, with is one of the highest percent blitzing teams. It's a good spot for Russell. Yeah. I like it, and I think this is actually a situation, Christian, where you can use Russell naked. What that means is that you don't pair him with any of the wide receivers on his team, and this is something you only do for running quarterbacks. Because if Russell Wilson goes nuts, it's because he gets in the end zone twice with his legs and runs for 80 yards, which sometimes happens with Russell Wilson. Um, and, you know, maybe you could use him with Jimmy Graham. Maybe you could use him with Doug Baldwin or both or Tyler Lockett or Paul Richardson. One of those guys is probably going to go nuts. But sometimes all you need is the quarterback and then you can find, uh, you know, three wide receivers from other teams who are going to get, you know, 130 yards and a touchdown or two touchdowns. I agree. I mean, I think the idea of playing a quarterback naked is much more conducive to GPPs than cash games. Yes. So, you know, like I said, I, I actually, like, I think um, I, maybe I'm a little bit more liberal with my naked quarterback play in, in, in some situations. Like, I like Kirk as a, as a naked option, unless, well, except for that Doxon's, like, almost, like, you can't ignore Doxon. He's so cheap. But theoretically, he's the type of the type of quarterback that you could play naked. Yeah, because he passes it to, like, eight guys every game. Exactly. But let this right. be known, though. I'm going to have 100% exposure to Josh Doxson this weekend. Like, there is not going to be a single lineup cash game or GPP where I don't use him. It just doesn't make sense to not have him in your lineups, considering that he's, like, technically a wide receiver one in an offense that passes more than almost any offense in the league. And, like, it's it's to be 3-9 in that kind of situation is unbelievable. And so. he's extremely talented. It's not like he's Kenny Britt in this offense that throws a lot. It's a guy who was yeah. a high draft pick. Yeah, he was a first-round draft pick. Well, I guess I mean, Kenny Britt was is, too, but, you know, Kenny Britt. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, yeah. You got Cleveland, you had all these complications, and it's just, you know, cancerous. But, um, but yeah, and so I think, yeah, Russell, you could play him naked for sure. I think I love the spot that Doug Baldwin's in, but I could understand how you couldn't, like, you could be in a situation where it doesn't make sense, like, salary-wise. Um, yeah. So I could see that. But, yes, I agree. He's the type of quarterback that you could just play naked for sure. Two other guys on my GPP radar that I like a lot. Matt Ryan at the Jets. Uh, the Jets just aren't very good against passing. And Matt Ryan's been horrible, so his ownership's going to be low. But his uh, touchdown rate right now is unbelievably low. He's due for some positive regression. And I've had a bunch of people ask me, like, positive regression, that doesn't make sense. It's not regressing back to zero. It's regressing to the mean. The mean for touchdown percentage for Matt right. Ryan is like 4.8, 4.9%. Right now, he's well under 4%. So he's going to regress towards that mean of 49 
which is a positive regression. So that's what that means if you guys were wondering. Uh, so I like Matt Ryan and I also love Cam Newton against the Buccaneers. They just haven't been using Jonathan Stewart on the goal line that much anymore. And that means Cam Newton has big time upside, Christian. Uh, you, I mean, you stole it right out of my mouth there. I was going to say my favorite GPP stack for the week is actually uh, the, the Carolina Panthers and, and Cam Newton. I think there is like just humongous upside there. I think, um, like you said, their dominant running back is a pass catching back. So all of the touchdown opportunity is going to go through Cam for the most part. And I think that the opportunities that his wide receivers will have this week, I mean, you just can't look past it for, yeah. for GPPs. You can get a guy like Kelvin Benjamin, who's now going up against Robert McLean. I don't, the, so the, the Bucks actually switched um, Vernon Hargraves and Robert McLean in, in their positions on the defense. So, you know, normally Hargraves would, would be covering Benjamin, but instead McLean moves out to the outside, which is great for Benjamin because he can absolutely dominate him. He's, he's the exact type of cornerback that Kelvin Benjamin can feast on. Yeah. Benjamin's much taller than him. He's faster than him. And he's just a better player. So this is a great opportunity for a guy who's been relatively like a lot a lot quieter than people would have guessed um you know even going back a year or two i would say um and then you also have options like devin funches which is really you know touchdown a, upside a solid yeah. solid option yeah i mean you know i would say um you know my concerns with this panther stack is exactly what i was saying about uh you know kind of what happens with the redskins is they spread the ball out a lot so it's hard to uh, it's the opposite of what happens with um, the Bengals, where you get a lot of usage in just a couple of players. You're going to get it a lot more spread out with the Panthers, but a full Panther stack could be really, really valuable this week against a, a pretty weak Tampa Bay defense. Yeah, um, you could even go as far as to dig towards like Nick O'Leary, uh, or I mean, not Nick O'Leary. Oh, uh, Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon. I'm sorry. Yep, Ed Dixon. Uh, <laughs> Ed O'Leary on my mind. I meant Ed Dixon. Not even really same, similar same players guy. at all. Yeah, but. I mean, they're both horrible, but they're both getting <laughs> yeah, much yeah, opportunity. Both it makes horrible. Sense, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, sorry about that. Yes, Ed Dixon. So there's a lot of guys in that Carolina Panthers stack that you could utilize, um, and, and there's a lot of good opportunity there this week. I love them in GPP. You know, I would typically not advise you to use a quarterback and a running back in the same stack, but if you're ever going to do it, like, this is the time. A lot of people forget that Christian McCaffrey is a breakout player. Like he's the kind of guy who can break away an 80 yard run or an 80 yard catch and run. And uh, he hasn't done it yet this year, but that's who he is. And he could get 10 receptions too. I know he hasn't gone crazy yet, but he's got a lot of talent and single game upset. Here's the thing with GPP. Like even if there's a 90% chance that the offense isn't going to go nuts, which is probably a pretty realistic number, there's still a 10% chance that they do. And if 3% of people are on this stack. That means you're setting yourself ahead of the field by choosing this stack. So I think it makes a lot of sense. You've got to take some chances. And I don't think it's the safest play by any means. I wouldn't use, you know, Cam Newton and Devin Funchess and Christian McCaffrey in cash games. There's no way I would do it. But in GPP, awesome stat, Christian. Yeah, I agree. I actually, I mean, I, you, I forgot to mention McCaffrey. Actually, he's an excellent addition to that stack. It's kind of rare that you can stack a quarterback some wide receivers and then even throw in the running back in the same stack but because of McCaffrey's uh, role in, in the passing game he's a great option there he, he essentially acts like another wide receiver in that in that set so 
um, yeah, you could really go all out on the Panthers if you wanted to this week. Christian, let's get one or two more uh, GPP, maybe contrarian quarterbacks that we haven't talked about. A lot of people aren't going to talk about or even put in their lineups, but somebody who does have some upside. Do you see anyone on this slate like that? I think Tyrod Taylor is a decent GPP dive. Um, again, I, I, I'm i going to go back and say uh, that I don't necessarily think it's worth diving really, really deep for, for a GPP quarterback here, but I think someone like Tyrod could be a good option at 5'9 on DraftKings. You could even, I mean, honestly, you could go and look at Josh McCown. I mean, it, it, he's a viable option against the Atlanta defense that's been struggling um, a lot of his best weapons are guys like Matt Forte who are pass-catching backs. You know, Bilal Powell and, and Matt Forte combined for a lot of touches through the air. So McCown, I, I can't say it's like the smartest or even by far the safest play. There's not even, it's not even close. But, I mean, this is, these are the kind of guys that if you're really trying to scrape the barrel, yeah. you could look at there. Before we move on over to the running back position, let's take a step away and talk about Draft.com's awesome new contest that they built. So I think the actual reason that Tags is not here is because I beat him in Draft.com last week. So I nodded up the score. It's 2-2 two to two on the season, and he just doesn't want to get beat again. So he's just not showing up for the podcast. I think that's what's going on. This week, we're actually doing something different, though. It's a bracket-style tournament called the Fantasy Pros Big Tournament. These contests run for several weeks. It's like, uh, I think it's five straight weeks. And you have to beat five teams. If you beat the five teams, you advance the next week. And then you advance the next week all the way to the final week. And $5,000 is the first prize, which is great because there's only 3,125 people competing. There's $26,000 up for grabs. And it's going to be a lot of fun. If you win the first week, you keep moving on and it's going to be a blast. So like we've been doing, we just draft five players. You get a quarterback, two running backs, and either two wide receivers or tight ends. And the draft is starting now. This is going to move really fast. We've got 40 seconds until it starts. I have the first pick this time. So I got the Tagliere luck. I'm pretty excited about this. And I'm looking to see who I'm going to draft here. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is definitely the best running back of the week. Antonio Brown sitting there against Detroit. But I got to go Le'Veon Bell. If I don't, I'm just begging to lose. I want to advance here, and since we're not going up against 10 teams, uh, I don't have to be as contrarian and go for like a big playmaker like Brandon Cooks. I can just go for the safest players, and if I have the best team, probably going to win. So Le'Veon Bell it is. We're starting here in eight seconds, and it's going to get back around to be quick. So I'm building up my queue, too. That way I'm not panicking when I'm on the clock for 30 seconds. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So here we go. Le'Veon Bell is my pick, and I love the way that my draft started. So you guys can join the contest by going to draft.com slash pros. And uh, it's not the same way that you can enter the contest against Tags and I where you get a notification or whatever. Just go to draft.com slash pros. It's going to be up on the top left. It has our logo and everything. You'll see the contest. It's called the Fantasy Pros Big Tournament. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll meet you in the second round after I win this one. Uh, let's see where the draft is at now. Melvin Gordon went. AJ Green. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so a lot of guys that are pretty obvious. I'm really hoping that one of the two workhorses that I'm in love with this week, LaShawn McCoy or Mark Ingram, slips back to me. Oof, wow. Carson Wentz just went at the end of the first round. I really like that. Um, and then took LaShawn McCoy. So that stinks. Maybe Mark Ingram will last. Let's see what happens here. All right, that went really quick. So Antonio Brown was taking Travis Kelsey right after him and Kareem Hunt. So my guy is still there. Ooh, I don't know. Julio Jones is still there too. I don't know if I should take Mark Ingram and just have two workhorse running backs or if I should take Julio Jones. It's just not enough running backs that I like. So I'm going Mark Ingram here, face Chicago. And I've got Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, 
Oh man, this is funny. Okay, so because it's only five teams, I forgot I'm picking back-to-back. That means I get Julio Jones too. So Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, Julio Jones, and I've got two more picks coming up. This is going to move really fast here. Mike Evans was just taken. So I'm building my queue here for the fourth and fifth round, and I know I'm going to get one of these top five quarterbacks. We've got Kirk Cousins against Dallas, Drew Brees against Chicago, Tom Brady against the Chargers. I don't love the matchup, but it's Tom Brady. And then Dak Prescott against Washington, who's always solid. So I like all four of those guys. I'd be happy with any of them. Uh, I don't especially like one more than the other. And then I need a wide receiver or tight end. So let's take a look at who they have there available. DeAndre Hopkins at Seattle. I don't especially love that. Michael Thomas has a really nice matchup. I know he hasn't been great lately. Uh, Keenan Allen is a nice, safe play. I like my team enough that I think that's actually who I'd prefer at this point. Des Bryant gets Josh Norman, not especially interested. Um, Amari Cooper, I love that matchup. He's probably who I'll end up getting unless Keenan Allen drops. So Alvin Kamara, Devonta Freeman, Zach Ertz all taken. We're into the fourth round now, and it's going to be my pick before I know it. Jordan Howard just went off the board, and Tom Brady, that's who I was leaning towards at quarterback. He went off the board. Joe Mixon, he could be a game changer here. Like, he could go for 30 points. Or he could just completely sink the other guy's team. And then Michael Thomas, I was thinking about him at the last second instead of Keenan Allen. But Keenan Allen is still there. So I'm going to take him, pass on Amari Cooper, and watch Amari Cooper is probably going to go off and double whammy me with the bet I have with tags. So Keenan Allen it is. And then I'm going to go with, ah, let's see here. Who's the safest play? Dak Prescott against Washington. Kirk Cousins against Dallas. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Dak Prescott. I just think he's on another level ahead of Kirk Cousins. The matchup isn't quite as good, but I trust Dak Prescott to get it done. So my, my final team here, Dak Prescott, Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen. And as you've noticed, this team looks a lot better than most weeks when we do these contests because it's only five teams and you've got a one in five chance of advancing to the next round. It is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And the final picks in the draft are going to be, it looks like it's going really fast here. Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, Rob Gronkowski, and the final pick should be coming in any second now. All right, and the projections are out. And I am favored to beat Tag's team by 81 points. Uh, I'm actually projected to finish first, which I'm not very surprised by. Not because I had the best draft, but because I had the first pick. And that really helps getting Le'Veon Bell. And then you get the fourth and fifth picks on the swing around. Uh, before everyone else closes off. So I like my team a lot. I'll let you all know on Twitter how I did. Maybe I'll see you in the second round. Remember, that's draft.com slash pros. That's P-R-O-S. And when you go there, look for this big tournament. It has our big logo on it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll see you in the second round. All right, let's move on over to running back, and we'll talk cash games really quick. For me, it's simple. Like it, it Right now, the way the season's going, there's like five bell cow running backs and you know exactly what you're going to get every single week, like 25 plus touches. And for $9,000, I can pay $9,000 for 25 plus touches. So I'm spending up at running back this week. There's not really a super safe play. Like you can say Joe Mixon, he's in a great matchup. He's a great running back. I really think that he is. He's super cheap, but he made that comment and Marvin Lewis might just give him five carries. I mean, he got seven carries last week, even though he was dominating and it was a great matchup. So we don't know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon. I think he's a great GPP play and he's probably going to be really highly owned, maybe even in cash games, but I'm not playing him. So for me, I'm spending up on Le'Veon Bell. I'll pay for him every single week at this point. And LaShawn McCoy against Oakland. Oh, by the way, uh, Pittsburgh is playing Sunday night. Uh, so they're not going to be on the DraftKings slate, but for FanDuel, I'm all over Le'Veon Bell in, uh, in cash games. Yeah, I, I love those guys. It's definitely the kind of week to spend up for running back. Uh, you can see a lot of other options where you can. Um, we've already given a couple of really prime examples of 
quarterbacks and, and stacks that you can use that are pretty cheap, um, which allows you to pay up for those guys. And it's totally worth it. You're totally right. If you can get a guy who's going to give you 25 touches, it's really hard to beat that value, even when their price is, is much, much higher than even any of the quarterbacks on the slate. Yeah, both of them should be in good game scripts as well. Um, you know, they're both expected to win. Uh, they're both going up against defenses who are worse against the run than they are against the pass. And so I think it makes a lot of sense for both these guys. Who's your top running back of the week for cash games? Um, you know, I really like Mark Ingram, actually. Um, he's he's a really he's one of my favorite options. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually not I haven't been as hard on the Mark Ingram train as I feel like I should have in the past couple of weeks. Um, and I've kind of regretted it. But I, I now the situation is is pretty dire. You can't really overlook him here. He's getting a ton of looks in the shadow zone, a lot of tux, touches overall. And now two, it's out. So it, it, the, the matchup itself in Chicago is phenomenal for him. So, um, you know, with a, a Chicago defense that has kind of like low-key been okay against the pass you know I I like the matchup a lot I think they've been okay against the run as well but I mean Mark Ingram at this price man he's got 30 touches in week six 26 in week seven ever since AP's gone like it is full steam ahead on Mark Ingram and uh, his price hasn't really rised that much so I think this is a great place again New Orleans is favored by 10 over Chicago I actually think I'm taking the the Bears there I think they're going to keep it closer than that but uh, the the Saints should be up about a touchdown maybe two the whole game that means a lot of carries for Mark Ingram again so I love the call he's super safe exactly yeah favorite favorable game script yep there's a lot of things to love about Mark Ingram this week. Now, what about like uh, Jordan Howard or maybe a Melvin Gordon at New England? I don't like Melvin Gordon because of the game script, but he, he he's getting a ton of work even in the passing game when they're behind. So he's kind of game script proof at this point. I agree. I mean, Gordon has such an incredibly high usage rate. Um, you know, he's he is one of those dominant bell cow backs, and then he gets a lot of looks in the passing game. So he is uh, the kind of player that you can't really make an argument for uh, necessarily fading him in a given week because he could go for 30 any like in any situation really because of how versatile he is um, so yeah technically you figure the game script might not match up exactly but you know at the same time sometimes when those teams get into situations they go to their most talented players and it would be hard to argue that Gordon's not one of their most talented players so is there anyone else in this mid-range that you're considering for cash games or uh, do you move on on down to the uh, the cheaper players for cash games moving on to the cheaper players honestly like we were okay. talking about it's it's a week to pay up for running back um i think you know i think you could make the case for someone like mccaffrey you know we talked about how he's a better play for gpps and i, I do believe yeah. that full ppr DraftKings, mccaffrey's on my radar FanDuel, i'm probably not using yeah. because we've seen him throw up a bunch of stinkers yeah exactly he doesn't make any sense on FanDuel, uh, but when you get those ppr points for those receptions it, it definitely it's it's an opportunity there i would say yeah, if if you need to go down, you know, if you're not paying for those top running backs, it's because you're going and, and really saving salary with guys like Joe Mixon or even a Wendell Smallwood or, or something. Or Deion like Lewis on DraftKings going up against the Chargers. I mean, Deion Lewis is getting all the goal line work right now. The Chargers are one of the worst in the league against the run, and Deion Lewis is getting more and more snaps, more and more touches every single week. So on DraftKings, I like him quite a bit. He's probably going to get you four, six receptions. Yeah, I think I like Lewis a lot. I mean, he's it's always up and down with the Patriots backfield, but he he's been you know he hasn't screwed up yet, which is usually what <laughs> yeah. happened. like that's usually the the point where Belichick says okay, next man up. But you know, so he hasn't he hasn't actually botched anything too badly. So. 
uh, yeah, he, he should be good for quite a while, um, or at least until he does, um, you know, for sure. Plus so, the game script there, New England's favored by uh, eight and a half points. So he should get more carries. I think he'll get the most carries he has all season so far. Um, my other guy, the only other guy I'll consider on FanDuel for cash is Amir Abdullah against Pittsburgh. I can't believe how cheap he is. Uh, and Pittsburgh, he, he's not available. Okay. Amir Abdullah is not available on DraftKings. Um, but with Pittsburgh, I mean, they're not getting beat in the air. They're going to have to run the ball. And Abdullah's getting a lot of work as it is. He's coming off the bye. I just think this situation sets up really well for him. And I know he hasn't broken the big run yet, but like McCaffrey, he's the type of guy who can. Um, so I think he's got a floor and he's got upside. And that's what I like in my cash game play. So if I wasn't spending up, Amir Abdullah is actually my third favorite player on FanDuel for cash games. Yeah, I like Abdullah too. I think he's a great floor player. I mean, he, he, he is a good number one back. He's been, I think he's flown under the radar quite a bit. Like, you know, even if just the price is indicative of that um, on FanDuel, he's definitely, you know, he's not insanely reliant on, on passing targets. So he's great on FanDuel. Um, you know, I think he's a really, really good option at his price point. So let's move on over and talk about GPP for running backs. And there are two guys who just catch my eye immediately. I'm curious who yours are first, though. Um, so <laughs> one of my, uh, you know, I think the the Oakland situation is worth a look for GPPs. Yeah, um, good call. In that running back core. Um, so you're looking at the combination of Jalen Richard and uh, DeAndre Washington. So, um, again, last week they basically spent split evenly so it's one of those situations where it's hard to say neither of them are safe enough for cash but if you wanted to take a take a dip um you know if you want to take a risk with one of them for gpps i mean i guess you could play both if you really wanted to go out on a limb but it's more likely that you would just play one and i think you could look at jalen richard um as a guy who has really big yeah. play uh upside and you know he's really involved in the passing game even more so than washington so he's the kind of guy that makes a great you know, sub 5K, you know, running back. Yeah, you mentioned play. Wendell Smallwood as well against the uh, the 49ers. The 49ers, if you don't know, give up by far the most points to pass-catching running backs of any team in the NFL. And Wendell Smallwood is really the only guy who receives out of the backfield there. He's getting healthier and healthier, more and more snaps. He has big upside this week, and he's cheap. Um, but the two guys that stand out for me, Bilal Powell for the Jets against the Falcons, in his last six games started— He's gone well over 100 yards five out of six times. Um, I, I know that, you know, he hasn't had a great season, but he hasn't really been given an opportunity. I think he gets an increased opportunity now that he, you know, flashed against the Jaguars. He's healthy. He goes against the Falcons. He catches passes. He gets big plays all the time. Blow Powell is by far my favorite GPP play of the week. And then Tevin Coleman against the Jets. Uh, we've just seen it happen too many times where he goes off and uh, the Jets aren't especially good against the run either. So I could see Coleman sneaking into the end zone twice, breaking off a big run, getting 120 plus yards. And it's just what he does. It happens once or twice a season. And I think it works out well this week for him. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, Coleman's always that guy who's he seems to always be in the position where he could get two touchdowns any given week um, just because of the way that they split with uh, Freeman and stuff like that. Um, and then you go back to those Jets running backs and, and you, you look at Bilal Powell and, and you look at a matchup against the Falcons who, you know, held that crown for worst against pass catching backs for a long time. And so, um, you know, like I said before, I like Smallwood for that same reason. My only concern with Powell is that 
well, it's not necessarily my only concern, but what, the biggest concern there is that is that Matt Forte has been catching a lot of passes too. So the matchup is certainly there, um, and the situation's there. And I, I, you know, I think I'm the biggest believer in Bilal Powell. I think he's a really, really talented player, and they have absolutely screwed him by not giving him uh, the touches he deserves. But um, you know, it's hard to say what they're going to do with Forte healthy in the mix right now. So. Um, but yes, he's he's the kind of guy that's a perfect GPP play along with someone like Smallwood for the same reasons. You know, I like uh, Tariq Cohen against the Saints as well. Uh, Cohen's kind of been forgotten. He didn't get any carries last week, but he's got the big play upside. I mean, we've seen him do it a couple times already this season. And then here's the thing, like a lot of times you'll look at these winning lineups and you'll see a player where it just made no sense to play. Like it's against a good defense. He hasn't been playing well lately. He's kind of been forgotten. Um, and I think that guy right now might be Carlos Hyde. Like Philadelphia has a great run defense, but Carlos Hyde is getting a ton of work. Uh, he hasn't been very good lately, but he could sneak into the end zone two, maybe three times. If he gets in the end zone three times with even 60 yards, he's the top running back of the week. And I'm not saying it's likely, but I'm saying it is possible with Carlos Hyde and he's going to be less than 1% owned. So he's a player I like. Uh, Christian, let's move on over to wide receiver now. All right, so a wide receiver, I mean, we've got a couple guys here. Antonio Brown's not available on DraftKings. He is in play for FanDuel, and he's just been getting so much work that I think you've got to consider him, even with Darius Slay on the other side. But then Julio Jones and A.J. Green, both in killer matchups. Do you like both these guys this week? Uh, for sure. I think um, I love A.J. Green. Like I said, he's part of my favorite cash game stack. Yeah. So every reason to love him this week, especially in the matchup. Um, he's got, he draws a really good individual matchup as well. So, um, everything to love about AJ green, he absolutely dominates bad riders or bad cornerbacks, excuse me. Um, so he, he's the kind of guy you can just lock and load and, and feel pretty safe about it every week. Julio is, is maybe not the guy that I'm looking at. Uh, not, not necessarily for any particular reason. Other than that, I think he's just less safe than AJ green. And so unless for some reason you're trying to, finagle matt ryan into your lineups if you're you know looking like a gpp thing you know julio's not my favorite cash game play but you know a perfectly fine matchup and just as we saw last week he he can get the volume when they need it for sure i'm looking at the other guys in the top tier here des bryant against josh norman mike evans against carolina and james bradbury deandre hopkins against seattle and uh probably going to see a lot of richard sherman um I'm not really excited about those three. So uh, the other guy's Brandon Cooks. He's not a cash game play. He's a boomer bust guy. Keenan Allen, he gets so many targets. It's a, uh, a high over-under in this game. New England, as I mentioned, with uh, with Phillip Rivers, uh, it gives up a ton of, of passing points. So Keenan Allen is my favorite guy. I actually like him more than A.J. Green this week. Yeah, I, I love Keenan Allen this week. He's in a great spot, especially if you're, you know, this is the kind of spot where you would look for cash games and think, okay, well, what quarterback am I playing? Can I stack them? So obviously, if you're going to go with Philip Rivers, you want Keenan Allen. Yeah. And if you're going to go with Dalton, you want AJ Green. So that can help you drive your lineup construction more than other factors even sometimes. Um, you know, I, and I agree with you with these other, maybe the the guys in that top, top tier, not super excited about. I think Michael Thomas is in an okay spot, but I think there's a couple guys like in that Keenan Allen, Doug yeah. Baldwin range that I, I'm really, really high on. Even then, you know, you dip down into Kelvin Benjamin area, even Pierre Garçon. Yeah, Garçon with all those receptions, man, Philly against defenses. Philly. Yeah, San Francisco's going to throw the ball a ton. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to 
you know, San Fran has to at some point look to their Pierre Garcons and their Carlos Hydes. So those are the kind of guys, you know, they're going to get a lot of volume. Um, Pierre Garcon is obviously in a distinctly better matchup than Carlos Hyde in that in that scenario. But, um, you know, he, he, I think he's a really, really good option. Um, I think there's the great thing about wide receiver this week is you can really kind of there's good cash game plays yeah, all the every way down, single I price think. point. Yeah, you're exactly right. You mentioned Michael Thomas. I'm going to go back to him really quick. Like I wouldn't typically consider him for cash games based on what he's been doing so far. But his price has been depressed so much that I like Michael Thomas quite a bit. He's probably like fourth or fifth out of uh, my favorite wide receivers for this week. But just below him, Amari Cooper. Tags and I talked about it uh, earlier in the week that uh, Michael Crabtree is going to be the one going up against Tredavious White. And Amari Cooper has a killer matchup. He had 19 targets last week. And uh, I know he hasn't been great until last week, but he was in crazy difficult matchups all season until last week. So Amari Cooper, tons of upside. And I like his floor too. Yeah, I agree. I think... Uh, I, I think with regards to Michael Thomas, he's in a great matchup with Prince Mukamara. Um, so that's that's really what's to love of my, about Michael Thomas, despite the fact that he's been a little bit of a lame duck in some regards. Um, and then I think I think Amari Cooper, I don't know, maybe you just have some uh, <laughs> bigger stones than I do with Amari Cooper. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm a little hesitant. Um, as of yet, I think he's he's definitely viable in GVPs, and I could I, I get your argument for why you could play him in cash. I don't think I will personally be doing it, but just because I think that they, I like a couple of their options. Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. I might come off of Amari Cooper because you're right; it is just a little bit wild. But I see those 19 targets, and I'm drooling at seventy two hundred dollars. Exactly. I mean, he's in and and yeah. They, once they bring his price point back up, you know, I. I believe i mean amari town amari cooper excuse me is one of the most athletic players but yet somehow he lacks some like fundamental football talents and so i think he's he's a great player obviously um and he can go for those 19 target games when he just totally exploits a matchup but i i just in the same way that i am somewhat hesitant of of uh changes in coaching staffs I think I'm also a little hesitant to jump on the bandwagon of, of huge volume changes um, in, in any given matchup um, week to week So uh, for cash games. Um, so that's the kind of situation where I, I don't feel good about playing Amari Cooper in cash, but he's not, like, he's not a bad play. Now, Christian, you mentioned value all the way down. I'm assuming you're talking about Josh Doxson, who, uh, I, like I said, he's going to be in every single one of my lineups. Are there any other guys in this price point that you uh, that you really like? The thing is, is that I, I don't. There wasn't really anyone on my radar because you don't need to play anyone else down there. Yeah, like, like Doxson's such a lock that I didn't ever even really consider. Like, I don't know, like. Maybe like, I guess if you're playing Benjamin A.J. Green, option, Le'Veon but... Bell, LaShawn McCoy, and you're spending up at quarterback, like, that's the only reason you would need to get Doxson and someone else. But yeah, for me, it's just, I need one cheap guy, and it's definitely Doxson. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't think you'd necessarily, you know, I mean, depending on how Goodwin and his injuries shake out, if he actually practices maybe tomorrow or anything like that, he would be a decent option down there in that price point, but... Yeah, you're really there's no one even really close to as good of a matchup as Doxson in that price point. So I, I think you can look elsewhere in the in the um in 
the salaries. Now, before we go GPP, uh, I forgot to mention Alshon Jeffrey. We talked about Carson Wentz going up against the 49ers, and Alshon has had the most difficult schedule of any wide receiver in the league so far, and he's actually done quite well. He's getting a ton of targets, and I think he's going to get himself another 10-plus this week. Um, so I, I really like his chances to uh, to get his hands on a bunch of receptions, get in the end zone. Alshon's a good play, man, and he's, he's still cheap. I agree. I mean, I think that the matchups for those Eagles wide receivers are great across the board. I like Aguilar's matchup better. Uh, Quan Williams has just been um, a cancer in the slot. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey, I, I mean, Jeffrey's a great player and, and he's involved in the offense, but maybe not in t- traditional fantasy ways all the time. Um, they use him to blow up the defense. And, and like you said, that might be because of the matchups that he's been in, but He's someone that I would definitely like play in a stack with Carson Wentz and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I think in a straight up choice for one of those Philly wide receivers, I might go with Aguilar. So that's that's the kind of situation where I would probably stick with Aguilar, um, who I th- actually think is a little bit safer. But this is the exact opportunity for a guy like Alshon Jeffrey to break out for sure. I think it goes without saying, Christian, that every single week for GPP, Every single time Brady receiver is uh, is on the radar because, uh, you know, one week it's Chris Hogan. The next week it's Brandon Cooks. The next week it's Danny Amendola where one of them goes big. So um, I always like to get one of those guys in uh, in most of my lineups. Who else is on your GPP radar for uh, for wide receiver? Um, you know, I, like I said, I liked um, the to the same vein of that. I think that, that something it kind of applies in the same way to the Carolina um, just the way I talked about Benjamin and Funchess and those guys. Yeah. Um, so those are all on my radar for for um, GVPs. I think Chris Hogan is definitely on my radar every single week. He seems like just a you know a solid, huge upside player every week. Yeah, I like uh, I like Deshaun Jackson against Carolina as well. I mean, Carolina has a good pass defense, but Deshaun Jackson has big playability against anybody. And then Tyrell Williams against the Patriots. I mean, we already talked about how the Chargers are going to throw a ton. Um, Williams, we've seen him go for for really big plays. He's uh, he's a nice, cheap play, so I like him against the Patriots in GPP as well. Now, at tight end, I wish so bad Kyle Rudolph was on the slate because uh, going up against Cleveland at his price, I think he's going to have a huge game, but he's not. Um, so I'm moving down. I'm looking at Hunter Henry and Jason Witten. I can't really make up my mind between the two for cash games. Just kind of depends on how much money I have left, uh, but I like them both a ton. Not really considering anyone else. Yeah, I mean, I love those two guys. I, I agree Rudolph would be an excellent position Um you know, he's, I think tight end's kind of a weird spot this week where there's a ton of guys that you could conceivably play in, like just kind of plug in last almost um, based on how much salary you have left. Yeah. It's not a week to necessarily go nuts building around a tight end, but I think you can still get guys in great spots like Hunter Henry, like Jason Witten without doing that. So, you know, Hunter Henry is, is, is you can't overlook him with the way that the Patriots have been defending tight ends especially around the end zone. Um, so he's a great option there, especially considering how much uh, the end zone um, usage he gets just on the Chargers in general. He's a fantastic option. Uh, Jason Witten is, is you know, still cranking out big numbers despite the fact that it is now October and no longer September. Yeah. Um, Mr. September is, is still continuing to produce. Even Washington old is age. horrible against tight ends too. Absolutely terrible. Um, I think that... Uh, they didn't look like they were going to be bad against the tight ends, just given their like linebacker strengths coming into the season. And they've just proved me very, very wrong <laughs> every single week. So at this point, I'm all in targeting those tight ends against uh, Washington. I think Witten's uh, in a great spot, especially 
given the fact that some of the other Dallas passing options aren't in quite as good of spots, like you said, with Des Bryant being covered by Josh Norman and stuff like that. So Witten's a fantastic option for not that not that much. What do you think about Zach Ertz against San Francisco? I know San Francisco's actually been pretty good against tight ends, but Zach Ertz has been so consistent, man. Um, Zach Ertz is the kind of player that you can't ever really justify fading. Um, yeah. He's just a complete beast, and his rapport with Carson Wentz is undeniable. Um, I actually I, <laughs> I was reading a report of uh, Doug Peterson talking about how uh, Zach Ertz and Wentz you know, walk around the facility together. They're always talking. They're always like they're joined at the hip, basically. And that's the kind of you know obviously that's a dumb narrative, but you know that plays out on the field too. I mean, he absolutely is one of Carson's favorite targets. Um, and not even just in check down panic mode either. Like he'll shoot him down the field. Like you could, I mean, just last week he hit Ertz a couple times down the sideline. Um, so he's not afraid to involve him in those big plays. Zach Ertz is, is one of the most versatile tight ends any given week. And he, if you ever have the salary to afford him, you should never feel bad about playing him. Uh, for GPP, tight end is such a crapshoot like there's always one random guy whether it's OJ Howard last week who goes for two touchdowns or George Kittle or you know we mentioned uh, the guy for the for the Bengals I'm forgetting his name because he just really Tyler, yeah, Tyler Croft he really doesn't matter mm-hmm. that much like someone does it every week <laughs> no, he so doesn't. you can make a case for anybody um Usually I like to change who I'm playing in cash games in GPP because the cash game guys are going to be more highly owned, but I like Hunter Henry again in GPP. My favorite GPP play, however, is Austin Hooper. Everyone's going to be fading him because of the uh, the recency bias, but Austin Hooper has big playability. He's got big target ability. It's a good matchup against the Jets. He's super cheap. I, everything's in his favor. I like him. Yeah, I mean, clearly um – we're on the same page here. He was going to be the one. I didn't. I honestly didn't think you were going to say him. <laughs> I thought I was safe. I was going to come out here and be like, Austin Hooper's the play this yeah. week. <laughs> um, but, you know, apparently the cat's out of the bag on that one. So um, I like him as, as one of those crazy, weird, tight end GVP plays. Um, I actually do like uh, Nico Leary as one of those. Another, uh, you know, could win Mr. Irrelevant. But you have to. Get... He might get 10 receptions. Like <laughs> the Bills have exactly. no Exactly. You know, it, it, exactly. So uh, that's another um, bottom of the barrel guy. Uh, Dixon, like I talked about earlier. There's a lot of guys that you, Tyler Croft. These are all guys, even someone like Cody Fleener. Like you could plug these guys and just get real lucky or you could get two catches out of them you never really know or those two catches could be for touchdowns sometimes that happens with tight ends a lot yeah. um so yeah it, it's always a crapshoot if you're trying to go for a gbp tight end um that's the kind of scenario where you might not want to sell go all in on one of those random guys yeah. but yeah those are the guys i like too okay let's close out by talking about some defenses and i'm telling you what this is the worst defensive slate i have ever seen there's not a single matchup that screams like this is easy, let's do it, because you've got Minnesota at Cleveland playing in the Sunday morning game. I just, I, There's really nobody that I can trust for cash games. I'm playing Pittsburgh at Detroit, um, but you can't do that on DraftKings either, so I don't feel especially good about it. Yep, I mean, I, I, looked, I took one look at this slate and said, geez, I wish Minnesota defense was on here because I would play them in a heartbeat. They'd be um, 80% owned, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and rightfully so. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you, you could play them in GVPs and not even feel about, about the, about the ownership there. Um, because that would just be insane. But, um, otherwise if you're looking for a cash defense, I think the Eagles are solid there. I mean, we talked about yeah. how Garcon's in a good spot. 
but that's contingent on the, him being able to get the ball thrown to him. So while I do think it'll happen, it, it's the kind of like it's the kind of thing that it wouldn't really break your back if 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 you know as far as your defense, if Garcon did do well. Um, and the, the the great thing about the Eagles' defense, regardless of you know even like when they were in like a you know projected shootout last Monday. Um, they're still a decently good pick just because they can force so many turnovers. So many sacks too. They've got four plus sacks in three games, multiple sacks in six out of exactly. seven. Exactly. I actually, I actually did not mean just turnovers. I meant like they can, they can get those solid fantasy points that are not related to the score of the other yeah. team. Um, so those, those in, you know, very, very um, set in stone sacks, turnovers, stuff like that. So, Though that kind of upside is always there for the Eagles. I mean, they they just dominate the line of scrimmage, um, and they're extremely deep there too. So, um, if you're looking to not stress over defense, I would just play the Eagles. They're going to run you a little bit more expensive than yeah. um, the other defenses, obviously. But that's the one defense that you could really feel safe about getting some fantasy points out of. You talked me into it, man. That that looks good. I was thinking like. I'll just play the Jaguars on the bye. I, I don't care. They're so good. Like, there's nobody else. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the Eagles against San Francisco, that makes sense. Um, now, let's get out of here with one GPP play, uh, maybe one under the radar that you like uh, at de- defense special teams. I think one defense that I really like down kind of – honestly, if you're looking for a, a really gutsy GPP defense play – it might be the Patriots for me. That's what I was going to say, man. You took my play. <laughs> <laughs> we just go back and forth taking each other's plays. I don't know what this is. I think is, that's but, good news, man. Uh, I think it is, too. I'm feeling better about this week already. Um, but, yeah, the Patriots, because the Chargers are pretty turnover prone. Um, you know, Philip Rivers can have a good day and still chuck three balls to the other team. Yep. I mean, um, I don't know, really know how that happens, uh, but it, it does, and, and it's kind of been a pretty consistent trend over the past few years so and 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 like i said before it's entirely possible that an organization like the patriots just got their stuff together on defense like, they, they always start slow and then they turn it around and they win like nine of their last 10 games and uh you know you can see the patriots getting up three touchdowns philip rivers throwing 50 passes and five of them are picked like when the steelers got behind the jaguars and big ben who's a good quarterback probably about the same level as philip rivers just was turnover prone because they're sitting in nickel and dime packages just waiting for him to throw a bad pass. Exactly. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing where the Patriots weren't projected to be a bad defense at all because they have a lot of talent. So there was something wonky about what they were running in the backfield and, and something wasn't working and something wasn't working for a lot of weeks in a row. But that could have changed. I mean, we've we have seen it changed one week against a good team. So... A good team that's underperforming, to be fair, but against a good team nonetheless. So, the you know, if you wanted to really go on a li- out on a limb and pick a defense that could potentially be a really good play, it might be the Patriots who could accrue a lot of those turnovers and actually just be a solid defense overall. Yeah. All right, Christian. Well, uh, that's all for today's show. Really appreciate you coming on, man. It was uh, it was fun to do it with you. I wish Tags could have been here, but this was good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really appreciate you having me on here. It's, it's always a pleasure. It's our pleasure. Take care. 
And for those of you listening at home, we've got three more episodes coming up next week. So make sure to tune in for those. Waiver Wire, Start, Sit, and then our DFS show next week. Remember, subscribe and review us on iTunes. And then send us a screenshot at contest at fantasypros.com if you want a shot at that $100 fathead.com gift card. Thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, Draft.com. I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.